0: This is the Florida Spectacular Podcast with your hosts, Kathy Silustri and Rick Kilby. Keep up with Kathy at GreatFloridaRoadTrip.com and on Twitter and Instagram at Kathy Silustri. Find Rick on Twitter at OldFLA and visit his website, RickKilby.com. Now, discover a Florida you never knew existed.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of The Florida Spectacular. How are you
0: doing today, Rick? I'm great. It's a little overcast and hoodie weather here in Orlando, and I really want to take this opportunity to thank you for driving over to my neck of the woods and doing a talk in Casa Flea's and Winter Park yesterday. It was very well received, and I appreciate all the time and effort you put into that talk, talking about... WPA, which is something you know about, but adding the architecture element was a bit of a stretch, I think
1: it was new for me. So yeah. um, the WPA fascinates me in all its iterations in Florida because uh, there were so many unique projects in Florida. and um and a chapter in the book about it in the forthcoming book, The Florida Spectacular, which is obviously not out yet, which is why I call it forthcoming. Um, can you tell the coffee isn't kicking in right? this morning? <laughs> 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 Um, and, but I didn't have a lot of architecture, but, 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 but I so love Orlando and the winter park area. Not enough to live there, um, because, um, I need to be by the water. I, I learned that when I was in college out at UCF. Um, uh, I really loved Orlando and everything about it, except that it was landlocked and also don't love the traffic. Um. But coming back out to Winter Park last week was so, so phenomenal for me because the first non dormitory place that I lived that was not my parents' home was in Winter Park. So I was able to uh, get there early, have a really nice dinner on uh, Park Park, and then take a little walk and look at where I used to live. And, I've been trying to figure out without emailing them how much the apartments go for now. But um, I'm pretty sure more than the $450 I paid, which honestly was probably too much in the early 90s. It was um, charming. Let's put it that way. It was a very charming place. It reminded me a lot of, um you ever see Barefoot in the Park? Either play or movie?
0: I don't think I have, actually.
1: Really? So it's a Neil Simon script and uh it's what is it Jane Fonda and Robert Redford and they are newlyweds and they move into this six floor walk-up apartment and it just um I-, I can't explain it other than to say it was the kind of place that realtors would only describe as quaint and charming, you know, oozing charm. And uh this apartment in the early nineties oozed charm. Um It was uh, very, very quaint. And I don't think 21 year old or 22 year old Kathy was prepared to deal with a quaint apartment. I didn't handle maintenance issues well. I wanted things fixed now. I wanted it to work. And that's just not how um, that property worked. But it was a lovely place to live. I loved being able to, you walk outside my door and take a two block stroll and be in the heart of downtown winter park and i don't i think it's quite the same but it still has a definite type of charm i feel like the downtown has gotten fancier
0: yeah i think it's i think it's gotten more upscale uh, it's interesting because the it and like anything it has kind of different phases for a while there. There was a new development on 1792, which I believe is not Mills. It's Orlando Avenue, I think, in Winter Park. It called uh, the Winter Park Village near where the Winter Park Mall used to be. And it kind of siphoned away a lot of the traffic from Park Avenue. But since you know that was the new hot thing, people got tired of it. And now the emphasis is back on Park Avenue. And I think it's got a little bit more highfalutin, I think. And it's super fancy. But it's also, like you said, Winter Park is charming you know it was developed by people who wanted a kind of an enclave for northerners and it it really does have that feeling of kind of an upscale enclave and i always talk about the winter park bubble where people who live in winter park you know they'll leave their bubble to go someplace cooler in the summer but they very rarely go to orlando because they live in that winter park bubble
1: it's it's not orlando it It doesn't feel like Orlando. I mean, it is part of the Orlando Metro area, obviously, but it doesn't feel like Orlando. and um, you know, it's it's one of the very few places in Florida that you can take a train to, yeah, I, and that's um I, I don't know why I don't remember this from living there. I, I don't know, but I <laughs> several years ago, um for a variety of reasons, I ended up uh, taking a train from Tampa to. Um, Savannah it's a uh, very comfortable train ride but when it went through Winter Park it was like this aha uh-huh moment I'm like oh crap they to live right here how did I not know I could take a train um and you know I think there's something that feels almost um I don't want to say metropolitan I don't know a better word for it but having a train station in your city is not something that you can do in a lot of places and I think that's just fascinating but you know that train of course has a lot of history it was it was part of henry plant's route and people used to get off the train and walk to or take a carriage down the street to uh, his hotel and you know you look at those early pictures and wow very different winter park not not a bubble not exclusive nothing like that um but it's i don't know It's a neat, it's a neat city. I have to say it was really cool that Barney's coffee that was there in the nineties is still, still there now. For the longest time I had a little ceramic coffee canister I bought there. Um, but it broke, I think, but it's just neat. I mean, the Casa Feliz is really this beautiful, I guess you'd call it a mansion.
0: Yeah. It was originally the barber home. They barber invented something that was used in laundry. Um, Bluey, it was a bluing agent, I think, and you know was quite wealthy. And he built his ho- house in the middle of the depression. He hired James Gamble Rogers II to design the house right on the shores of Lake Osceola, And it was he would entertain people from all over the town. and It was a very popular home. It was probably the signature work of of James Gamble Rogers II, who is you know known kind of as the godfather of architecture in Winter Park, and. Somebody was trying to knock it down in there right around the uh, early 2000, 2001, and there was an outcry by the citizens because the house was so beloved that they actually saved the house. They moved it uh, close to the Werner Park golf course and saved it, and the only part that really had been knocked down was – we call it the carriage house, so that had to be rebuilt, but the house was intact. It actually has a basement and it is owned by the city of Winter Park and run by a nonprofit, the Friends of Casa Feliz.
1: So what fascinates me about that whole story, and I know you have all these facts in your head and you clearly (laughs) love that, that mansion. But every time you say it, you lose me because I get fixated on they moved this house. I mean, I've seen small houses moved, right? I've actually seen it done and it's not a it's not a fast process it's not an easy process when it's a 1000 square foot house but this is a brick friggin mansion rick i mean yeah
0: it's amazing it really is amazing it's, you know there's another house that was moved more recently that was moved across the lake they actually cut it in half and put it on a barge and moved it to the plastic because you know the interesting thing is you know there are vestiges of the 19th century winter Park still left. And there's, you know, a cup of... Castle Fleece was built in 1933, but there are houses that were built in the late 1800s. And this was one of the houses and they didn't want to lose it. So they chopped it in half and put it on the barge and moved it. And now, you know, like Castle Fleece, they do a lot of wedding and private events. And that's, you know, that's kind of a good model for saving a historic home so that the public can enjoy it is they use it for, you know, weddings and upscale events. And that, you know, for us you know, I'm on the board of Casa Fleas, it's a way to get a lot of people into the house who wouldn't ordinarily ordinarily see it if it was a private home. So they get exposed to that incredible architecture and it gives us a platform to kind of lobby for historic preservation through Winter Park because, you know, it's a very desirable place to live and it has this charm. But if you knock down all the cool old stuff and replace it with new stuff, you lose the charm. And that's...
1: it, it's not that new, though. Nothing, nothing in the downtown strikes me as that new, other than the businesses change, obviously.
0: Yeah, the the on Park Avenue, you know, the businesses change and rotate, but a lot of the structures, you know, you talked about Barney's, that little courtyard behind it is called Granada yeah. court, court, and yeah. that was designed by James Campbell Rogers II, you know, the same architect who did Casa Feliz, which. You know goes back to you know the early part of the 20th century and most of those buildings there are commercial buildings from the early part of the 20th century there's actually one building across the street and a little bit further north that was designed by Nils Schreitzer it's N-I-L-S I don't know how you pronounce that Nils Schreitzer who was a protege of Frank Lloyd Wright who came to Florida and uh helped with florida southern and then when frank lloyd wright left and florida southern was done he settled in winter park and his the building he designed his office is right there on park avenue so that's even a newer building but still has you know great architectural history i'm a you know i'm an architecture geek and winter park has a lot of great stuff
1: it's it's a fascinating i mean just a fascinating place to visit i love looking at the sites i love um, some things have changed, but some things have not. It was it was really charming. So the name of my apartments, so my first apartment is called El Cortez. Mm-hmm. And um, so I walked up. I wanna, yeah, you know, I want to go inside. They're all um all the apartments are accessible through interior hallways. And so I didn't want to go in, but I looked, went to the mailboxes, which are still there unchanged. Um, and there's a sign up that says, Um, this is a historic historic property, all grills prohibited on property. And I'm thinking, I had no idea. This was considered historic. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try and figure out what makes that historic exactly. Um, but I had a really good time um, looking at the things, as you say. But also, I have to tell you, I am in love with that little Turkish restaurant.
0: <laughs>
1: and now I found out they have two more. I think it's pronounced phosphorus. I know yes. that's a city also. But yeah. I had stuffed cabbage. And it was it's just incredible it was really good so I, I wish that i had had time to have another meal somewhere else but i didn't um it was just it was just a really enjoyable place and there's there's the alphon have you are you aware of the special arrangement with the alphon what its deal is
0: yeah it's kind of a sore spot for me because it took the site of a beloved winter park institution called the langford hotel that had mm-hmm. the del prado lounge which was our hangout for many years, they made the best white Russians in town. And it was this wonderful resort hotel that at one point had um, synchronized swimming and flamingos walking around the grounds and, you know, a miscellaneous cannon, you know, in the in the plants and just all this kind of tiki stuff everywhere. They had a ballroom that had these crazy paintings of can-can dancers. It was just so bizarre and so incredible and so campy and that was our big hangout well well,
1: let's stop for a second because i'm remembering this from the 90s i don't remember it being a very posh place though
0: no it wasn't well you know it it was past its time probably the heydays were in the 1940s and 50s yeah
1: there it is okay
0: and i love places like that because it They're kind of timeless. So the last weekend it was open. It was great because they showed the creature from the Black Lagoon outdoors above the pool while they had synchronized swimmers in the pool. It was, I was in heaven. Okay. And and my favorite garage band played and it was, it was amazing. But that's the kind of vibe. They would have karaoke and just the craziest people would come out and sing. And it was just, it was a scene, you know, it was a scene. So they tore that down. You know, the Langford was kind of, it was an institution. And then the Rollins built the Alphon Inn, which is now a hoity-toity hotel with a very nice restaurant and an incredible art collection.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the, so the, the Rollins owns the hotel. So the hotel, as I understand it, is kind of run as a nonprofit and the money that the pro, the, the proceeds, you know, any, anything that it nets goes for scholarships.
0: For oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it's not cheap to stay, for sure.
1: No, I've stayed there um on a press trip and it's a wonderful wonderful place to stay, very comfortable. And what's really neat to me about it is that the whole hotel is kind of a art museum because they um they curate it. They curate that art in the hotel. And that's that's what I think is so neat about it is that they use uh Damn it! The name of the um, museum is escaping me.
0: Well, it um, used to be called the Cornell, but now it's just the called Cornell- the Rollins. Yeah. It's called the Rollins Art Museum. They have rebranded it, and oh,
1: okay. It
0: it is kind of uh, made great strides. Actually, I think they're building a new facility to t- to fill the void left by OMA with their recent problems. OMA is trying to come back, but Rollins took this as an opportunity for growth and. Gosh, they get some great shows in there. They actually had a real Basquiat and not fake ones and took full advantage of marketing that. We may have talked about that in an early show, but if you get a chance to stroll the Rollins campus, which I recommend, you should definitely go to the art museum.
1: Yeah, well, or go to the Alphon Inn because they actually rotate the collection with the museum.
0: Yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's
1: not always the same art and that's what's really cool. Um, they had a Plensa there one time at the on the grounds, and I just thought that was – it's just really um, a neat way to integrate the college and the community. And Rollins is, Rollins is neat. I mean, Mr. Rogers went there.
0: Yeah, they have a new statue he, dedicated to Mr. Rogers on the they campus. They have a Mr.
1: Rogers walking tour.
0: They do. And um, one of my my favorite things on campus to do is they have this walk of fame, and basically – you know, they have like little pavers with people's names on it, but sometimes people would donate like little stones, you know? So there's like, you know, Mary Mary Bethune Cookman, I mean, Mary McLeod Bethune was given an honorary degree there back in the 1930s, I think, where it was a big deal to give an honorary doctorate to a person of color who was a, a woman. And that was very groundbreaking. And so I think she has a stone and all these Famous people have stones and it's kind of in this curved walk that you can walk around and, and look at all the people and see their connections. A lot of times they were there when they were added to the Walk of Fame and it's a lot of fun.
1: It's, it's you know, people, um, some people think, oh, it's a small liberal arts school and I think sometimes it gets, uh, in some circles, might be a little denigrated for that, but it's a really very um enmeshed in the community yeah and it's, it's it's a neat, neat place um and I like that they keep it kind of open you know,
0: you yeah, do- and it's right there on Lake Virginia, and as we know, some of the dorms are w p a projects, so there's very unique architecture, it's very kind of Mediterranean revival, and you can walk around and enjoy that. And they have good programming there too. Sometimes I go, I go to events on campus and, you you know, basically Park Avenue, which is the the main thoroughfare, for fair, just kind of dead ends right into the Rollins campus. And then on the other side is Lake Virginia. So that's the, that's the other thing about what Rollins College, the, you know, the reason that town was settled there is there's this chain of lakes, which is, let's see if I can name it, Virginia, Osceola, and Maitland. And then there's also Lake Mizell, which is a smaller one off to the side, but they're all connected, which you know well, because I know you <laughs> t- you like the boat tour, right?
1: No, I do not.
0: You don't like um, the boat tour.
1: No, I got into an argument with the boat captain. Um, so, you know, never, never, ever be on any type of tour with a historian. It's bad. <laughs> so um, I, the whole time I lived in Winter Park, I never went on the boat tour. I would always say oh scenic boat tour because that that's what it's called, but the signs are all over Scenic boat tour. So I went back I was writing a travel piece about it a few years ago It was when I was at the Alphon and um, I went back and they said um, let's go on the scenic boat tour and the time I was researching um, my chapter on Henry Plant and Henry flagler and Henry Plant of course had um, a hotel, an inn a, a grand hotel there and I was trying to figure out where it was obviously it's gone um so we're on the boat tour and I keep waiting for the boat captain to mention it and this is something my husband knows well right like so I can be on a tour and if there's things I expect the tour guide to talk about it I become increasingly apoplectic as they do not and so finally I I asked the captain where was Henry Plant's hotel in relation to these lakes and he Told me in no uncertain terms that Henry Plant never had a hotel in Winter Park, and was a little mansplaining about it. And I did not really react to that very well. Um, so, um, yeah, it's not my favorite thing. The boat ride is a little bumpy, and uh, you know, the boat captain didn't know as much as he thought he did. Um, but, but, but the wonderful librarians at uh, the Winter Park Public Library. Um, sat with me and we chased it down and figured out where Henry plants hotel was. So they made up for the boat.
0: So, so uh, I'm sorry that happened. Uh, It's okay. The thing is, you know, that the, the genesis of Winter Park goes back to Chapman and Chase. And these were two developers from up north. One was from Chicago, one was from Massachusetts, who were boyhood friends. And I love this story that one of them, Chapman or Chase, was sick and he came to Winter Park and was healed of all his ailments. Cause I love stories like that. That's basically, you know, a lot of those in my book. Uh, but they, d- they developed it, and they they were the ones who built the hotel. It, you know, it was not built as a plant hotel. You know, There were other investors who built it. It was built by the people who actually worked on the Hotel Ponce de Leon in St. Augustine, and it was in operation for about five years before it became part of the plant chain. And then I think plant ran it as part of his chain for 11 years, and then – there was a small fire, and then there was a big fire, and the thing burned down. I think in 1912. So it was part of the plant system, but most people in Winter Park don't really consider it a plant hotel because they put all the credit on you know the birth of the town on those two guys, Chapman and Chase, and so they don't want to really you know share the the limelight with with Henry Plant. And I don't think you know Plants were better known for you know his larger hotels like on the Gulf Coast, and this was just. You know, one along the railroad. You know, and there was a there was a separate spur from his called the um, we call it the Dinky Railroad because it it was small. Maybe it had a smaller gauge. And it used to be known for getting stuck in the sand and falling over and all this kind of stuff. And it went between Orlando and Winter Park. And I think you could maybe take the Dinky Line Railroad from Plant Station, which was the Southern South Florida Railroad, to the, the Seminole Hotel, which was Plant's Hotel. Um, but gosh, there's so much there with Henry Flant, Plant and Henry Flagler. They probably each deserve their own shows. Their own what? Their own podcasts. Yeah.
1: Well, they, um, well, their own podcasts. I mean, maybe an episode on this podcast. Yeah that's, I mean. yeah, that's oh,
0: what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. No, don't, don't,
1: don't, don't tell people, don't give people good podcast ideas.
0: <laughs> Save them for
1: us. No, I mean, so it may not be significant in the history of Winter Park. But the hotel has a larger significance insofar as Henry Plant and his expansion across Florida and the railroad. So, I mean, just to say, no, there was never a Plant Hotel was a little wrong.
0: Yeah, uh, he was, was He was. He's speaking from ignorance for sure. But b- despite that, I love the boat tour because you go through these canals that are, you know, <laughs> almost about the width of the boat. And you have, sometimes there's other boats coming and you have to kind of neg- navigate around them. You know, they point out who you used to own this house and who you used to own this house. And they, they do teach, even though it's not entirely accurate in some of the history and they are be very beautiful lakes. And it's a fun afternoon And it's right off of that downtown area. And I think it's one of the, it's one of the, you know, the, the attractions of Winter Park, I think, even though their history is not, you know, that's a hard thing, you know, because when you do local history, a lot of times people are going to repeat things that aren't necessarily accurate, you know?
1: No, Uh, I, I am aware. I, I was crew on boats here in the Tampa Bay area and they're all tip-based boats. And um, I heard some stories that I knew not to be true that were repeated up and down the marina because you're working for tips and in one of the most awkward moments, there was a story we told, and um my husband was the captain. We weren't married yet, but we were living together. and when I I started crewing one day a week because I needed somebody, and I liked the money. and I he, he said, we go out on a trip because you didn't tell the story about this. I'm like, well I'm not going to. He's like, that's why' We get we, we make good tips off that, I'm like what's well, not true. And he's like, Well, can you find out what is true about it and tell that story? I mean, he's not gonna argue with me about the history. And so I did, and it was fascinating, but um it was kind of like swimming upstream because you've got these these local lore. Yeah, you know, these stories are local lore, and people sometimes don't want to hear the truth because they have their beloved story that, that tells their version of history. So I, I get it. And I will say that if you don't want to go on the boat ride for history which is probably most people out there and you want to see really nice houses and go through the canals, which were, uh, worked on by the WPA. It's, it's a beautiful experience in that respect. I will say in the heat of summer is not the best time to go because the no. boats don't move terribly fast.
0: <laughs> no, now. it's hot. It's really hot and you will get sunburned. But if you do have your own watercraft, like kayak or stand up paddleboard, there is a place you can put in and go uh, you know, through the, the canals and see those lakes yourself. And the best place is what the locals called Dinky Dock from that Dinky Railroad used to go right there. And it probably has a name other than Dinky. No, maybe called Dinky Dot. And it's kind of like the edge of Rollins campus. And, you know, there's a place where people po- put in, there's a small parking lot. So you got to get there early to get it. But if you'd like to experience those lakes, and there is actually an island in one of those lakes that, you know, has no development on it. You can take your kayak or stand-up paddleboard there and just, you know, hang out for a while. But it's a great way to get on the water. And um, Dinky Dock is something we should have in the show notes.
1: Yeah, Dinky Dock Park is what I'm seeing. So you are correct. That is the name. I also, before we go, I want to just give a shout-out to one other thing that's really pretty incredible is the Pulasic Museum. Yes,
0: yes, it is the
1: it is, um, as far as I can tell, that's the closest you're going to get on the grounds of the Pulasic to where the Seminole in was. That's what the librarians seemed to divine while I was there. And uh, that's not why you go there. You go there because they have lovely exhibits. They had, um, when I was there, it was shortly after the Pulse nightclub shooting. And they had invited people, artists from across the country or across the world to uh, submit art in reaction to the Pulse nightclub shooting. and and they had curated it, and it was it was just a very powerful exhibit. And it's not any one type of exhibit when I think of the Pulasic. I always think that it's, you know, almost like a for a You never know what you're going to get when you go in like there,
0: yeah, Pulasic album Pulasic was a well-known sculptor. Uh, I think in the early part of the twentieth century, he, One of his best-known sculptures is one of Woodrow Wilson that he did, and his work was – he was very popular. I think he was from the Czech Republic or someplace in Eastern Europe, and he settled in Winter Park. So they have his studio there, which I think is a wonderful space. It's very eclectic, you know, stuff everywhere. I love places like that. And they have a lot of his work on display throughout the gardens, so you can see his sculpture. There's actually one of his – his fountains uh with a sculpture in it is right there at city hall and off of park avenue but he was very much revered he was in a wheelchair towards the end of his life and he still cranked out the work and it's a right there off of a loma there's a historical marker there talking about his life but well worth visiting. I think that's one of the things I like best about Winter Park is the cultural attractions. I want to put in a, a um one of my recommendations would be the Morris Museum, which is the opposite end of Park Avenue, and has a wonderful collection. I think the largest owned collection of Tiffany windows in uh, that is privately owned. It's a it's a private museum, and it's spectacular. And they actually recreated a chapel that was at one of the Chicago Expositions. That is amazing. You know, it's got these incredible huge chandeliers that light up. And it's a great experience. And my wife loves the gift shop. (laughs) Have you been to the the Moors?
1: No, no. I knew you were going to ask me that. And I feel like a bad (laughs) former Winter Park resident. Um, It's not my cup of tea, but I know that that is a uh, very popular museum. Um, And I know that people people flock to it. So, yes, I, I know the whole time I lived there, I never went in my defense, I was 22. I was broke. I was going to school. I was working for whatever reason at Walt Disney world. Why I chose to work an hour away from where I lived. I'll never know. Um, but I didn't didn't have a lot of time. And one more question before we close it up. Um, before the pandemic, there was a market, a Saturday market in winter park. Does that still happen?
0: Yeah, Winter Park Farmers Market. It's right there by the train tracks. They also share the building with the little park, little Winter Park History Museum that has, yes. you know, nice exhibits. It's still there. It's still very popular. Uh, kind of an institution. You still have in to buy park.
1: tokens to buy things.
0: I don't know. It's been a lot. last time I went. I don't believe you had to do that. I, I don't recall doing that at all. I don't go very often because one, there's a lot of traffic, and there's there's Farmers no Market that are that are um closer oh but it is also this weekend happens to be the winter park art show which is another institution that has been going on 50 years or something like that i remember i think coming down and going as a kid but it is one of the premier art shows in uh, perhaps the country they get artists from all over the place and it's friday saturday and sunday and I think I'm going to take Friday afternoon off and and go check it out because is this it's,
1: the Sidewalk Art Festival?
0: Yes, yes. I
1: don't know how to break it to you, but I think that was last
0: week. No, nope. this week. It's this okay. week going on Friday. Yeah, it, yeah, it is generally the uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. Is oh, when okay. it happens, I
1: think I'm, yeah. my dates might be messed up. Well, um, if you are listening to this before Friday, March 17th, it is this weekend. If you're listening yeah. to it after, it was. You missed it. Go next year.
0: And the great thing is because we do it, there is a train station there, and we have a commuter train called the Sunrail. You can take the train there. Uh, you know, it, normally it just runs on weekdays, but this is one of the few times you can take it on a weekend, I believe. Um, so I'm excited about that.
1: Fascinating. So you're going to go. You're going to take the Sunrail into Winter Park.
0: I, I believe we are either that or we. You know, my mother, uh, my family, my wife's family is from Winter Park, so we may go visit her we'll either take the train or visit her you know it's interesting they got to winter park in the 1920s when it was still relatively undeveloped and you know their winter park is not the hoity-toity part of winter park in fact the property they own is now a gated development with 11 homes on it (laughs) wow so but it's you know It's definitely a place I would recommend going. You you know, there's a there's a vibe there. You know, there's really good restaurants. There's a lot to do if you're into shopping. If you're into into culture, just spend some time exploring and walking around. It's very walkable.
1: It is. It is a wonderful, um, wonderful place to walk. And I was. I love uh, the big park across the street from all. By the train station, there's a big grassy area and you see people having picnics, families having parties. It's just really, uh, it feels idyllic. I'm sure I remember living there was not always idyllic, but it feels like it should be some sort of 2023 Norman Rockwell painting. <laughs> yeah.
0: it, it is, you know, it's got a special place in my heart and hopefully people will agree. You know, it's a little bougie for sure. But you can find your, you you know. There's still, I think, is uh, what's the Mexican place? Uh, PRs, is it PRs? I think that's still there. Is it? Oh, I can't remember. But there are there. Are li- what I'm trying to get at is there's little divey places, you know, kind of on the outskirts. Is Austin's Coffee House is great, and it's not a winter park vibe at all. It feels more like Gainesville. It is uh, very eclectic. You know, I went to an open mic night there that was just. Uh, It was fun and not winter parky at all. So you can find those elements there if you if you look, you know, just have to push a little bit beyond Central Park.
1: Yeah. I mean, but there is a neat vibe just overall. Whether you're going for the the bougie, yeah, or or something different, there's definitely a lot there. I mean, we have a ton of notes uh and links in the show notes. It's gonna take me a few minutes to even just organize them because (laughs) there's so much to so much to do that we've mentioned. Um, but definitely go if you're I, I mean winter park is central to most of the peninsula and it's a little bit more of a trip from the Panhandle but if you're if you're in the area if you're within an hour and you have an afternoon go because it's just really enjoyable I mean there's just yeah. so much whether you're food museum coffee um walking around history water there's just, so much you can draw out of the city that makes it makes it worth a road trip.
0: For sure, I yeah, I love it, and I I think it'd be worth your time to explore and make sure you do it. But don't do it when it's super hot.
1: <laughs> do it now. Do it right. Do now. it now. Um, yeah, I'll,
0: I'll look for you at the art show. <laughs>
1: I I'm done driving for a few
0: <laughs>
1: drive to winter park. Almost killed me last week.
0: Thank oh, you again. Thank always. you again. It was a great event.
1: Oh, it's always, always fun. Always fun to talk about Florida, which is one of the reasons I like this podcast so much.
0: But, well, when your we'll new be, book comes out, we'll try and have you back.
1: That would be great. And, uh, for all of you listening, uh, Just thanks for joining us this week. We will be back with more travel advice, adventures, history, um, pithy comments, all the things next time. Thanks Thanks for being here today, Rick. Bye. Bye.